Welcome to the Root Cause Revolution podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie. Hey friend, today we're talking about ADHD or ADD. We're talking about attention deficit or hyperactive kids and adults. And more importantly, we're talking about relief from that. So welcome. If this is your first time listening, I'm Audrey Christie. I'm a functional integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner. I help you heal. I help you heal from chronic illness and autoimmune disease. I love having patients and clients that go back and tell the docs that told them that they would never get better. I loved for them to be able to go back and just like tell them and show them that they were wrong. Uh, I also help with acute things too. So let's talk about ADHD. It's increasingly common uh, for kids and adults both to be diagnosed with that. And sometimes it's uh, actual ADHD. And sometimes it's a diagnosis given to unrelated cognitive or behavioral symptoms or complaint. Um, Cognitive uh, may be a little bit of a clinical term, but it is the mental action or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thought, experience, and senses. So it's a cumulative word, meaning issues with learning and understanding, comprehension, and perception and insight. Over 6 million children have been diagnosed with ADHD. And for most of these children, that diagnosis will continue into adulthood. Currently, ADHD has been diagnosed in about 10 million adults. And you can do the math there. It's not really a childhood problem, although typically um, it is not diagnosed until adulthood. Uh, there are some new diagnoses that happen for adults as well. But for both kids and adults, there are often additional issues that exist. Some some things like anxiety, depression, and that can turn into substance abuse and um, even con- conduct disorders. Now, there is some trickiness to officially diagnosing ADHD because almost all humans show some kind of inattention symptom or some kind of hyperactivity at some point. In fact, it seems to be getting worse with the instant access and the um, flashy screens that we have in our hands all the time. Uh, it Some studies show that it might be to do with our disconnect from nature um, and from the outdoors and from movement as our connection to our devices grows stronger, both for kids and adults. Um, it Official diagnosis has to be done by a mental health practitioner, a mental health professional. Um, and in order to truly, truly meet the condition uh, for diagnosis, you have to have, you have to, you have to meet a certain criteria of symptoms. And so I feel like it's often overdiagnosed or it's quote unquote diagnosed by a teacher or a coach or even a family physician. Frankly, they're just not qualified to do so. Um, So use caution when somebody does that. Get a referral, get a second, third opinion. Okay. Now, a lot of times people want to say, but Audrey, you know, I what are the symptoms of ADHD? Or I'm sure my kids got the symptoms of ADHD, or I have the symptoms of ADHD. Um, and there are there is a long list of symptoms that have to be met in order to achieve that diagnosis. In kids, you have to meet six or more symptoms and have them for at least six months and have them negatively impacting developmental, social, academic, or occupational ac- activities. In adults and adolescents, 
Um, so older than elementary school age kids, generally you have to have five or more symptoms to meet a diagnosis. Um, and rather than take up your entire time with the full list for inattention and inactivity, uh, for overactivity and inattention, a few basic things they evaluate is, um, symptoms prior to age 12 symptoms in two or more settings. For example, is it just at school or is it school at home or is it school home and work? Um, clear evidence that symptoms interfere with or reduce the quality of, of life and social or academic or work functions. Um, and that other things have been ruled out like other psychiatric disorders or anxiety or such like that. And that, um, the practitioner has also ruled out the that it's not an inability, like a learning disability, an inability to understand assigned tasks or instructions. Um, as always, science is always changing, and the medical profession, as well as the holistic and naturopathy profession, is still learning a lot about ADHD. We do know that in people who truly have ADHD, um, the brain is hardwired and functions a little differently than in humans without ADHD. And science is pointing more and more towards it's a gift, right? And I think everything's a gift, but um, like science is backing up that it's a gift more than a, a detrimental thing to be squashed, right? You just, you harness it and use it in a different way. Now, the sad thing is more than half of the adults and children who have been diagnosed with ADHD take medication, um, the medication is often pretty effective and, and mostly safe. Um, it is important to interject here and let you know that this is not at all a pill shaming podcast. So if you truly have been diagnosed by a mental health professional and require medication for ADHD, that's okay. It's time to break that, um, break down that, that pill shaming, toxicity in society. Uh, and working through a mental health issue is difficult enough without having the pill shaming stigma that comes along with it. And I know that a lot of purveyors of wellness, a lot of practitioners, even a lot of doctors are guilty of pill shaming. Um, and sometimes I go back and I listen to the things I've said on a podcast or in a master class, and I think, oh, gosh, that did not come out right. I did not mean it to sound like you should never, ever, ever use medication. A medication is there. It's life-saving. It's there as a temporary bridge to get you to where you can heal the body or get you out of the emergent situation so that you can heal the body and move forward. Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of stigma out there about mental health drugs. There are holistic solutions that are enough for some people, a lot of people, to get off their medication um, or reduce their dependence on medications. But sometimes people need that extra push, and that includes people with ADHD. Now, ADHD medications, although relatively sh safe in the short term, long term, they can come with side effects like addiction and circulatory problems and cardiac problems, new or worsened mental issues, much like an autoimmune disease. If you don't treat the root cause, then you start to stack mental issues, right? Um, the, the fact that ADHD has reared its head is often a sign of some kind of imbalance, some kind of root cause that needs to be addressed. And when that root cause is simply masked by medication long term, not again, that using a pill to get where you need to go is, is the wrong thing to do because it's not, it's the right thing to do. But 
if you don't address that root cause at some point, the problem is going to compound itself. Um, And then if you look sort of at the other side of the coin, the downside to holistic treatments is that they aren't as fast acting most of the time. They aren't as easy and they require the whole family to get involved. So it's not, it can't just be an effort for the, the singular person, right? You have to have support of the whole family. So let's talk about holistic approaches to ADHD, right? Um, well, one, let's talk about root causes. So th- there's not one thing that causes ADHD. It's a collective basket. It's a tree with many roots, as I like to say. And that tr- the roots are very individualized. Um, it's important to really assess a person as an individual, regardless of their diagnosis, and examine their patterns and potential root causes, rather than putting everyone in a single box of cause and then the effect, which is generally a medical protocol. Studies report that a lot of ADHD is hereditary. We know that ADHD, that that genetics, whether it be for ADHD or breast cancer or anything, genetics loads the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. And so having a, a hereditary line or genetic history of ADHD in your family is not a good reason for you to have ADHD. Um, we know that regardless of the genes that you directly inherit, lifestyle, chemical exposure uh, over the years influences your genes, whether or not that gene is turned on or turned off. Um, there are other s- uh, factors, other root causes, things like uh, poor sleep, heavy metal and pesticide exposure, sleep disorders, um, health habits of mom and dad preconception or while in utero, food additives, food sensitivities, nutrient deficiencies, all of these things play a role, a big role. Um, all of those things are the things that pull the trigger on that genetically loaded gun. Now, no matter the cause, we do know that we can do a lot of things holistically, naturally to create your own revolution, to find your root cause and to heal it through things like nutrition and lifestyle and movement um, and energy work and those sort of things, whether you have an official diagnosis or not, Um, especially because these solutions aren't blanket solutions. You fully customize them to your specific root causes and symptoms. So the very first thing I want to talk about is nutrition. One, because a lot of times you, the audience, (laughs) likes um, data, right? And we know that 77% of kids that are officially diagnosed, so 77% of 6 million is a lot, those kids can be helped with diet alone, changing the nutrition alone. Overwhelmingly, when I work with parents with kiddos with ADHD and adults with ADHD, I get reported back to that the kiddos' behavior changes the most dramatically when nutrition changes, specifically Eliminating food dyes, addressing food sensitivities, addressing nutrient deficiencies, and limiting sugar. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. Okay, now with kids, you can't get rid of it all at once. It's really best to kind of step, stair step it down. And I have a plan for that um, that I can help you with. So 
again, we're talking the nutritional changes. We're eliminating food dyes. We're addressing food sensitivities. We're addressing nutrient deficiencies and we're limiting sugar. So we're increasing omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, I want kids on three to 5,000 milligrams per day and adults to be at 5,000 milligrams plus at, at that mark. I like to do it to bowel tolerance. Um, so when you do omega-3s to bowel tolerance, you start out at the low end, you take the low end dose for three days, and then you add one extra capsule and you do that for three days. And then you add one extra capsule and you do that for three days and you stop when you start having diarrhea. When you start having diarrhea, you go back to the one dose below. Hopefully that makes sense. If you need help, need clarity on that, feel free to, to ask. Always happy to answer your questions. Um, if... Getting rid, uh, so that's one nutrient deficiency to fix. Uh, another one is B vitamins, chromium, magnesium deficiencies, all really common in kiddos and adults with the inability to sit still and focus for a reasonable amount of time. Um, and then aside from that, we're getting rid of, I want to touch on getting rid of uh, food sensitivities. Usually gluten and dairy are things we want to get rid of ASAP. Um, and then I cannot stress enough the importance of getting rid of those packaged foods with food dyes. Um, so if your kiddo is having Lucky Charms or what else, uh, Fruit Loops or uh, Fruity Pebbles, I don't even know what cool cereals are these days. These are all cereals from when I was a kid. So hopefully those things are still around. Um, but whatever, if that's what your kiddo is having for breakfast, then you are setting them up for failure. And I get it. Like those are cheap. They want them. But it's time to start. If you're staring down the barrel of medicating a child for the rest of their life, it's time to start making those changes. Um, and again, you want to do it in a, like a stair step program, because if you take it all away at once, then um, everybody gets frustrated. Mom, dad, kids, everybody. Uh, no matter no matter what your your family structure looks like, everyone ends up pissed. Okay. Um, so that I want to start with that because that the bulk of things, 77% of, of people on medication can be off of medication and fixed by just nutrition, nutrition alone. And it's not crazy nutrition. It's nutrition that you need to thrive anyways. Um, so you give the body the right ingredients and it helps. The second thing I want to talk about is sleep. Sleep deprivation um, reduces cognitive performance for all humans, for kids, for college students, for adults. There's lots and lots of studies on this. It's true whether or not you're diagnosed with ADHD. So having a good sleep routine and good sleep hygiene is critical. You want to establish regular bedtimes, okay? Kids don't need to be laying up on their iPad until 11 p.m. and then expect to get up and go to school at 7 a.m. the next morning. Bedrooms need to be clean, dark, cool, and quiet. Um, a key to good sleep is reduced screen time, right? So no screens after the sun goes down. That's the rule in our house as well. If we have to do something on screens after the sun is down, then anybody, adult or child, wears blue light blocker glasses. Um, and then, of course, limiting stimulants like caffeine or sugar, especially at any time after 2 p.m. And then avoiding late dinners. Uh, I can tell you that for the longest time, we did all the sports, right? I had a one kid was a, a competitive gymnast, the other kid was in softball. And we were just we were gone all the time. And we you've seen the memes, I'm sure we had the choice of eating dinner at 4pm or 9pm. Um, and we just said, forget this, like, whose idea was this? Um, and each kid got to pick one sport and stick with it. 
and they still do that one sport. They can change that sport, not midway through the season. That's our rule. You got to finish it. But um, each kid picked one sport. I'm so thankful they picked the same sport. So now we go places like at the same time. But all of that to say that eating a late meal, especially if you're doing it regularly, is going to lead to sleep deprivation because of the way the body functions with blood sugar. It'll either cause a spike or a crash. So you want to make sure that you're having dinner by about 6, no later than 7 p.m., and then bedtime is at 8 or 9 p.m. The earlier you can eat, the better. Um Another thing to look at is if your child is a mouth breather or if the adult is a mouth breather, that can lead to cognitive and ADH uh, troubles. I would encourage you to seek out somebody called an oral therapist that can help with this kind of breathing issue. Uh, And then um, there are herbs that can help. I want you to stay away from melatonin. I always cringe when people are giving their kiddos melatonin. Look for things like skullcap or passionflower or lemon balm or valerian. Um, or California poppy. Both of those are safe for kids and adults. Um, Stay away from the melatonin because if you give the kids melatonin, then eventually their body stops making the melatonin and that's for adults too. So you only want to use melatonin in a few rare circumstances. One, if you have COVID-19, melatonin is an important thing for you to take during the initial phase of that. And then two, if you are traveling somewhere where you have major jet lag, then sometimes a little melatonin can help you kind of reset that biological clock. And what works better than melatonin is getting out and getting your face in the sunshine at sunrise and sunset. But melatonin is certainly easier, right? <laughs> um, and then the... the uh, the last thing I really want to talk about, there's so much I could go into here about ADHD. It really is a topic with a lot of depth. So if this is something you're enjoying, screenshot it, share it on social media, tag me in it so that I know, let me know that you want to learn more, you want to dig deeper into ADHD, and we can talk more about specifics. But the last thing I want to talk about is movement, getting physical. We know that anytime I say we know, it's my code word for study show. So if you prefer me to say study show, I can certainly do that. But studies show that movement improves cognitive abilities no matter the age. It improves attentiveness and school performance for kids with ADHD. It improves work performance for adults with with or without ADHD. Um, it's one of the teachers that – one of the reasons teachers <laughs> – I'll get it out in a minute. One of the reasons that teachers have um, implemented little things like brain breaks where the students get up and dance and move their bodies in the middle of class or some classrooms have in uh, different types of chairs. So you might be able to sit on a ball where you can bounce and move around. Um, honestly, it takes more than that. Regular aerobic movement, the kind that gets the heart rate up, um, can serve to expand brain volume. It also stimulates the production of neurons. Um, and it can also protect neurons in the brain from damage. This is especially important to do outside and barefoot if possible. Moving barefoot on the earth gives many cognitive uh, enhancements like decreasing inflammation, uh, reducing positive electrons, which are negative in this case, uh, improving clarity and allowing for better sleep. So this means it's important for you or your kids or both to move your bodies and get out in nature at least once a day for 30 to 60 minutes. The more, the longer, the better. Okay. So to wrap this up, know that nutrition is your number one 80%, 80% of people on medication, nutrition works for. Um, and then you want to make sure to get sleep in line and physical movement in line. The three of these together can help 
So many people avoid the effects of living with something like ADHD, right? You want to stop. And if you are ever told by a doctor or practitioner that there's nothing that you can do to help it, walk the other way. It's like the it's like the TikTok, see that toxic person and you're walking the other way. That is toxic, walk the other way because you should absolutely have hope to heal because you can. It's as simple as that. You can heal. And so I want you to know that I am 110% always rooting for you, friend, and I will see you here next week. Thank you for listening to the Root Cause Revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated.